Buckle up, it's podcasting time. I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, working, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, Steve. Yeah. What the heck is Eurovision? <laughs> That's a great question, Ryan. <laughs> Apparently, some Italian rocker dudes won Eurovision. If this is, we keep saying that this band's name is Mainskin, but if it's Italian, is it like Moneskin? It's Moneskin. I don't know. It might be Maneskin. Is that a good? Is that a good approximation Maneskin. of Maneskin? Is that a good approximation of Italian? I don't think so at all. I what think- kind of meatballs do you think they like? <laughs> is there more than one kind of meatball? No, there's only a spicy meatball. Oh my god! We gosh. just lost all of our Italian listeners. Uh, sorry, Italians. We're starting off this episode pretty rough. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Eurovision is. I don't. Well, get it. I know more about your vision now than I did 10 minutes ago because we both looked at each other like, I don't know what Eurovision is. Like, let's look it up. And we yeah, read we read Wikipedia and we have a vague idea of what Eurovision is now. Like, I knew it was a contest. That's all I knew. Right. I actually, I watched that Will Ferrell movie about Eurovision. Oh, is it good? And I came away from it still not knowing anything about Eurovision. <laughs> but is it good? It's fun. It's I fun. I haven't seen it yet. It's a, it's a fun watch. I feel like maybe now I need to rewatch it now that I realize that this is a thing that people really care about. Like, I got the I got the idea that people care about it from watching that movie. Right. But it also felt kind of, like kind of a joke because it's a comedy. Like, what I want to know is how do you become the Eurovision representative for your country? I've, I've, that is that is one question. I yeah, have. there's got to be some sort of like local, like battle of the bands, sort of like preliminaries, right? And to hold up for that, we looked at like who the who like the fame some of the famous participants were, and the the relevancy I guess of it, and it was like it was like ABBA won in 1974, right? Like, and that launched their international career. So it's like okay. And Celine Dion was, I don't, I think she, oh, Celine Dion won in 1988 and that launched her international career. It seems like a lot of pop and disco acts. Yeah. So you have the, you have like these people who get launched because of this. But what I wanted to know is this is, this started in like 1956. It was a extension of some uh, music festival, Uh some Italian music festival from like the, from before then. And so like, why why didn't the Beatles win like every year in the 1960s? Well, like looking at all the people who've done it and won, like you get this distinct impression that like bands on the professional like global level, like famous bands just don't do it. Like uh why haven't the Red Elvises won? <laughs> I think technically the Red Elvises are a American band. Oh, so I don't. Maybe they could give it a go, but I don't. I don't think they would need a country to represent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's the thing is, it's I guess the this I, one of the rules that is interesting is uh, that comes in and out is a there's a language rule 
but some years it's in place that you have to sing your song in the language of the country that you're representing. Uh, but other years that has not been a rule. So it just depends. I like that rule. I think that's a fun rule. Yeah. Yeah. I think they should keep that rule within, you know, as long as people who aren't singing in English do have a chance of winning. If there's some sort of weird thing where it's like, Oh, if you don't sing in the, the, the language that the judges like, then you're just not going to win. Like I want it to be fair. Well, I think there's, I just learned about this competition and now I want it to be fair. You're assuming that it's not fair. I don't know. You want it to be fair. I'm sure there's all kinds of drama around Eurovision where people think it's not fair. It's probably just like gymnastics where like, was it in the seventies? Like Olympic gymnastics where it was like you're thinking of like cold war cold i cold, can't talk yeah like cold war era yeah, like where, olympics where all of the uh all of like the soviet bloc judges would award like soviet right gymnasts an extra tenth of a point you could you basically could like just strike any numbers from the soviet and the u.s judges against each other because it was like fully political judging like it had nothing to do with the athletes at all yeah so maybe that happens with eurovision i have no idea i hope it doesn't it probably does obviously eurovision hasn't made its way to the states as something that we care about Um, because like on its surface i'm like oh is this like an american idol thing but it sounds like it's really more of an Olympics thing. Like it's a national pride yeah, it sort of thing. it definitely seems like, because even this article, this is from NPR, the headline says, Rock Band Main Skin wins Eurovision Song Contest for Italy. So it's not even that they won it, it's that they won it for their for, country. For their country. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really seeing anything where... I just don't really understand. It sounds like the rules are both established, but also they maybe get modified a little bit every year. Um, well, they've got to they've got to stay on top of you know all the in, uh, the performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> uh, every every year they find a new way to sneak those performance enhancing drugs past the uh, past the judges and the referees. It, oh, that one of the rules we saw earlier was that you can have no more than six people uh, in your in your performance and no live animals because apparently that was a problem. I feel point. like that's racist against ska bands. <laughs> Are they trying to keep ska bands out of Eurovision or like even like big swing bands like if, like polka bands? If there was a European version of the like the Brian Setzer Orchestra, does that mean that they they wouldn't be able to compete? Yeah, I don't. I, that that's what it sounds like. Uh, there have been con- continuing content. Con- the fact that like there are European countries at war with each other has affected Eurovision. <laughs> you got to fight it out on the stage. Like, uh, no, I, I, apparently, uh, sing it out, countries. <laughs> if you're if you're in, in war, you got to sing it out. Make it count at Eurovision. That's how you're going to win the battle. Any political disagreement, take it, to, take it straight to Eurovision. In 2016, Ukraine's winning song, was, which was called 1944, referenced the deportation of Crimean Ooh. Tatars, uh, which the Russian delegation claimed had greater political meaning in light of Russia's annexation of Crimea. <laughs> this sounds juicy. This, is, this sounds like hot stuff. This is like, this is like, 
global <laughs> this is global level like yo yo Taylor suddenly, I'm happy for you and I'm gonna let you finish suddenly like this song competition feels a lot more important it has a lot more weight than just like who can sing the best like, love song one of our one of our biggest pop culture American pop culture moments was Kanye upstaging Taylor Swift of which like the biggest downside of that is it was you know a man at the peak of his career basically going after a child <laughs> i mean a, a young woman she i think she was in her early 20s at the sure, time sure sure a child whatever. you know basically a like, child she's very young um and and this whole thing it's like meanwhile in eurovision it's like these two countries are at war what what well, we'll like, will it? We'll, we're gonna bring up the old dirt. We're gonna bring up like wars from decades ago in our song, and we're gonna win Eurovision with it. Like, I want, I want like American Idol to go that way, where you win American Idol by singing about current events. Like, it turns into oh the news. Uh, this is Arab states which are eligible to compete have been precluded from participating due to Israel's presence. Morocco is the only Arab state who has entered uh, Eurovision. Uh, and as of 2021, the only time in 1980 when Israel did not participate. <laughs> so there's all these countries that are eligible who don't participate. Yeah, every year. Bring, bring. Hello, Eurovision. Are Jews going to be there? All right. All right, never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is serious stuff. This is This nuts. is way more serious than anything we're doing musically in the states. And That's why. And we're not even talking about like the vote we we made a joke about the voting block, but the like the block voting. Like, right. Like, you know, the old Soviet gymnastic thing, but there is a an, a part of the article on here where people have have like tracked the voting patterns to try to determine if countries vote for like if like a neighboring countries vote for each other or whatever like what does that look like oh my gosh this is wild i'm and sure I, there's like a freakonomics episode about this <laughs> i don't get it so anyways someone, someone explain it to us in the comments so anyways mason lamb posted this npr screen grab to the group and the, the the real news here, I guess, is that a rock band won versus a disco or pop act, which yeah. which I from what I understand is the norm is that like a disco or pop style act yeah. would win Eurovision. But this time it's a band. I watched the video. I listened to the song. It's like a it's like a cool like strokes Franz Ferdinand kind of like garage yeah, rock throwback that, sort of thing. They kind of got that vibe. They, they I, it kind of made me think that was my first impression. And then they kind of went in like a, a musy sort of direction. Like, I mm. think they're a little heavier than like, Oh, than sure. The, than that, you know, early, well, you early two thousands, you take that early two thousands indie garage rock revival. And then you, yeah, you push it through the filter of muse and more of like a modern, yeah, but yeah. rock sort of like, flavor and that's what you get with this band's song uh the bassist is playing a dan longhorn i like yeah. that i'll just say this they're no greta van fleet and i'm very thankful for that <laughs> thank you for not being greta van fleet or uh or like any other band really. 
<laughs> somebody at there's work. There's so many bands I'm glad well, that is, somebody, they don't sound like. Somebody at work. Did, uh, I'll tell the story. Maybe I will or maybe I won't tell, tell the story. Tell the later. story, Steve. No, it's fine. It's, I you got my attention. Okay, so we're talking about songs at work. I don't actually, we weren't talking about songs. We we're talking about somebody made the comment like they were leaving their like, um, uh, see you later. Uh, or, and the thing that, you know, I got, it's like an is old this story going to go yeah, anywhere. It's not, it's a, you know, the, have you ever heard somebody say, which I have, I'm sure you have, it's been real. It's been fun, but it's, I can't say it's been real fun. Have right. you heard this? Yes. I have. So I've somebody heard, said, I have a dad, yeah, Steve. Exactly. Yeah. So somebody said something like that at work. And this other guy was like, Oh, you just stole that from me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> you stole that from me. And then they turned into like, well, I may, I might've stole it from you, but I did it better. And then they try to compare it to like, I guess supposedly the band Hinder uh, got sued by some unknown LA band for the song Lips of an Angel, and they're like that that it was a stolen song or whatever. And I was like, I was like, wait, Lips of an Angel? I was like, if I wrote that song and Hinder stole it, I would kill myself. <laughs> that was the story. I hate that song. I don't even know that band or that song. You don't want to. I You'll don't. kill. You might want to kill yourself. I shouldn't be making light of that. That's, Suicide's not funny, Steve. Not. Don't make jokes about suicide. But like also hinders not funny. Unless you want your suicide to be funny. If you're committing suicide and you want it to be humorous. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> nope. However you want to go is up to you. Is my official stance. <laughs> you want to make a joke out of it. You want to make it funny. You want to make it silly. Okay. I'm just saying hinder is not a good band. Probably... The vast majority of contestants in Eurovision 2021 are better than Hinder. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm really trying to say. I have no opinion because I'm not familiar with Hinder at all. So what do you think this means? Europe Europe is, uh, their their tastes are changing. They're moving away from pop and disco well, I think to it's rock. Just, I think it's just one year, right? It's just one I year? Mean, uh, Even if it happens two years in a row, I don't feel like that's a trend yet. You need three years to really lock well, it in. I, I believe... You know, when you win a game, it's just a win. And when you win two, that's two in a row. But when you win three, that's called a winning streak. Mm, yeah, it's not a streak. It's not a trend until you get past two. Yeah. When you get three, it's like, okay, all right, the tide has turned. After you get three, Will Ferrell busts out and he's like, we're going streaking. <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks for sending us that topic. Uh, the first ad? Yeah. Woof. Indeed. Oh, my gosh. This ad. I've been trying to figure out exactly <laughs> how this happened. I like how... It's a charity thing, Steve. Is it a charity it's thing? It's a charity thing to raise money for a dog uh, shelter or something. Uh, it is a custom dog guitar rocks an auction to help senior pups for all right let me read this again custom dog guitar rocks an auction to help senior pups enjoy their final days someone built this guitar and they uh -huh. auctioned it off this was six years ago steve they auctioned <laughs> off this guitar to help uh it's for dog hospice okay for dogs that are old and yeah, are ready yeah. to retire and, and need medical care mm-hmm mm -hmm. What do you think, Steve? Uh, is this guitar a good, good boy? <laughs> I think this guitar is a real good, good boy. This is a real good, good boy guitar here. I wonder how much this went for. Or is this guitar a total bitch? <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> In the dog sort of way. 
is it is this guitar a bitch i guess it's carved up i like how in the in the original uh design they thought it was going to have two pickups and a tom and a stop tail mm-hmm. and then in the final they just went with one pickup they really missed the mark by not putting a big speed and painting the the arm to look like the tail of the dog. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, it would, would have been, been super good. good. Also, I'm a little bit confused mm-hmm. by the shape of it. Like, I understand what they were going for, giving it like an extra piece of wood underneath the belly for the control cavity. Yeah. But I look at it and like, why not just carve the dog to look like it's in sitting position? And then the leg would be folded. The back leg mm. would be folded underneath which would give you plenty of room to put you know, your controls. Um, I think it just kind of changes the angles maybe a little too much. I don't know. I feel like I could have designed this dog guitar. I do not understand. To oh, yeah, there we go. Guitar dog sniff butts too. Yeah, like, I love that picture. <laughs> it's the guitar dog sniffing a real dog's butt. <laughs> it's super cute. It looks like it's actually done, like the carving is done. In a competent and attractive looking way. I have, you know, I have ideas about how I would do it different, but I think it's a, I think it's an attractive dog guitar. We've done some bad carvings recently. I feel like this isn't one of them. Uh, Oh, and this is from, is it Chris Poop? That was Chris Pop. (laughs) Christian Beerman. Yeah, I might have typoed his name. (laughs) (laughs) Or that might be his real name. Chris Uh, Poop, Christian Beerman. Yeah, I feel like this turned out pretty good. I wonder how much they got for it. Yeah, I wonder too. It was six years ago, so who knows at this point. Um, I hope they raised a lot of money and put a lot of dogs into dog hospice with this guitar. And I hope whoever owns this guitar now is happy with their dog guitar. Yeah. Uh, I bet Henning would play this guitar. What kind of of covers do you play with this guitar? Oh, ain't nothing but a hound dog, obviously. Obviously, they really uh, they they missed the mark not putting a Bixby on there for the tail. Mm-hmm. They also should have put a dog ear pickup in there. Oh. Um, why you put a humbucker when dog ear pickups exist? T Bone Walker, you got to play some T Bone Walker. <laughs> yeah, can you play Stray Cats with this guitar? Who let the dogs out? Oh, who let the dogs out? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Meredith Brooks, bitch. You can definitely play yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, We're saying bitch a lot of times this episode. <laughs> we already joked about suicide in a positive light. Now we're saying bitch over and over and over again. No, if they're... This is the episode that gets us canceled. Oh, Sorry, guys. This show's canceled now. Our podcasting days are over. <laughs> you have anything else to say about this dog guitar? No. Nah. Sponsors, yeah. <laughs> uh, this week's now episode- that we've canceled ourselves, here's the sponsors that help help make this oh content possible. Uh, this episode's brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio, makers of the Therme. That's right. It's like a hot bath for your ears. Yeah, uh, it's a analog delay pitch shifter pedal. It's got dip switches. You gotta love those dip you know switches. What? Give you lots of options. Most delays are kind of boring. Most delays just go delay, lay, 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 lay. This one goes delay, lay, lay, So go get one. Chasebusaudio.com. <laughs> digital brain, analog heart, and yeah. more creative than you are. And better looking, too. This episode is also brought to you by uh, the Lead Guitar Toolkit. 
Did you watch my video on the apps? Uh, I looked at it and I went, oh, that's a video. And then I didn't watch it. <laughs> I have been having a great time with those apps, Steve. Oh, yeah. There's the modal buddy. Mm-hmm. I've actually learned. Hold, brace yourself, Steve. I've learned theory. Okay. I've learned music theory, Steve. Okay. My brain wasn't ready for it, but it happened, and it's changing my life. Oh. Um, now my guitar playing has zero feel and too much theory. Now I need a, an app. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I need an app to give me feel. Uh, so Steve is running the reggae backing track from the guitar backing tracks app. That's the humbucker blues. Here's the acoustic blues. Jazz. I like the jazz and I like the uh, the garage rock setting on there. There's also um, a riff lesson app. Yeah. And what was the other one? Oh, a drum beats Drummer, app. The, the drum, drum beats. beats one is wild. It's got hundreds, hundreds of drum beats in it. And my favorite thing to do with it is just press the randomizer. Mm-hmm. And it just picks one of hundreds of drum beats and I just try to jam along to it. I'm going to say that if you've got one of these headphone plug style things that lets you Bluetooth audio from your phone to your headphones, getting these app, <laughs> I can't talk, getting these apps like is a no brainer. Like I've been having so much fun sitting on the couch jamming at night with my little headphone plug and those apps. So go check them out at leadguitartoolkit.com slash 60cyclehum. We got the link down below. Link down below. What's new, Steve? I don't know, man. I, I got, I actually don't have anything new. Sounds uh, exciting. I tried so hard, got so far. And in the end? In the end, I didn't have anything new. <laughs> well, you could ask me. If I've got anything oh, new. Oh, what's new with you, man? Oh, I booked myself up for NAM. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I, exciting. I put in money like two months ago yeah. to share an Airbnb with some fellow guitar dudes is in Nashville. Is that still happening? That's still happening. And then my media badge just got approved by NAM. Mm-hmm. So I booked my plane ticket. Thank you, Inner Circle. Uh, that's what we use your money for. The Patreons pay for travel and stuff like yeah. that. So 630 bucks to fly to Nashville and back. I guess I could have just stayed there. I could have saved some money by not coming back. Sorry, guys. Um, I did not get a rental car. I'm just going to Uber and rely on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm anticipating that Summer Nam will be incredibly small this year. I'm expecting to spend maximum one day on the floor oh, of NAM. Interesting. When, are we are we talking about are we gonna talk about those emails I've been seeing come in? Have you been seeing emails come in from NAM? I've seen a couple not from NAM. Oh. From some other places. Okay. Well oh okay. Well uh so I'm I'm planning to film as much as I can one day at NAM, the Thursday at NAM, the first day of mm-hmm. NAM. And then Friday I've lined up two guitar stores to shoot at. We'll see if I get to both of them. I'm hoping I do, but I'm going to start off the day at Carter's Vintage. Yeah. And then uh, I found a place called Fanny's, which is like a little like mom and pop mm-hmm. kind of like thing that looks really eclectic, really fun. Lots of like vintage and quirky stuff. They had a Telecaster wrapped in denim. 
So yeah, Dang. I got to go check out the funky guitars they have at Fanny's. Would that be like a Levi caster? That's a Levi caster. It might be a Wrangler caster. No. <laughs> you know, you, you can tell if the seam, how the seam is on the uh, inside of the pants. Dunger caster? <laughs> An Oshkosh, Oshkosh caster? <laughs> Calvin Klein caster? So that's my plan right now. Thursday, Nam. Friday, two guitar shops, and then Saturday, I'm just planning on like hanging out with Grant Wilson. Oh, very cool! And filming whatever's going on there. I also know that there might be some like party things happening or some get-togethers happening. Mm. So, I mean, my plans might all shift around once I get there. But I have I have a plan. It's a month and a half away. I'm excited to travel, to film, to do guitar stuff. This is the year, Steve. Stuff is getting back to happening. I'm not going to say normal. Back to happening, though. This is the... I don't don't know what that means. You ready to do this next ad? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We're going to do the next ad now. I forget which one it was. It's the handmade... Oh, yeah. That's right. So this was... Ugh. I can't talk. This was sent to us by Josh Fitzgerald. Why can't I talk tonight? This is a... I would describe this as a... Is it like a... Oh... What is what Fernandez Nomad? It's kind of like a Fernandez. It's kind of Fernandez-y. It's also very kind of like modern in its shape with this very elongated offset, but not like traditional offset. It's kind of like a, I'm seeing like a Fernandez, whatever model I just said. Like I'm surprised. Um, And a, and a Fender Meteor. Meteora. Meteora. I'm surprised that the frets aren't, aren't fanned with this shape. Like this looks like a guitar that wants to be headless and have fan frets. But anyways, so. this is posted to Craigslist in Bethlehem. Yeah. Uh, that's in New York, right? Uh, uh, no, Bethlehem is just outside of Jerusalem, Ryan. How did I forget that? That's where Jesus was born. Yeah. And I forgot. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell your mom that you don't know where Bethlehem is. So let's read some of the stats. Karina body, three piece mahogany neck. Oil finish on both neck and body, asymmetrical, medium C carve, rosewood fretboard, 23 medium frets, 25 inch scale, Godo hardware, BG Hellebucker with ceramic magnet, treble bleed, volume circuit, no load tone circuit. And this guy wants 950 bucks. He says he's selling one of my builds. This is brand new. Never been played beyond the setup. It looks really cool. We cover a lot of like home builds. That usually look like trash. I'm looking at this like 950. I get it. Like I, I feel like that's a fair price for. Yeah. Like I'm, I obviously haven't touched it. Maybe it feels like trash, but it it honestly looks great. It's not my style, but it looks great. It looks really well made. I think it's attractive. Like if someone if someone pulled this out. Like, and we're like, hey, Ryan, how much do you think this guitar is worth just from looking at it? I'd be like, oh, it's got to be like a thousand dollar guitar at least. Like mm-hmm. that's got to be starting price. I, and I would have ended up guessing like, oh, it's probably some sort of like sixteen hundred, twenty two hundred dollar like boutique build. And I've just never heard of the builder before. It looks really clean. Yeah. Apparently these pickups, they're not, uh, they're not cheap. How much are they? Uh, 95 bucks. Oh uh, yeah. That's accessible. No, it's accessible, but I'm saying that it's not like. Uh, well, you don't you don't judge one of these. You don't judge a guitar really I, well, by just, the the value of the components. Right. I'm just saying like this this 
builder isn't like cheaping out on their parts. No, you can tell by looking at it. Like, yeah, they know what they're doing. They have skills. They have an eye for aesthetic. Like the headstock looks good. The logo on the headstock looks good. Even like yeah. the, the hole for the truss rod looks good. It doesn't have a cover, but it has this really cleanly cut uh, a hole for the truss. It just looks right for the price. Yeah. I've never heard of the brand before. Most people probably haven't. I get the impression it's a small local builder. But I dig it. I found him on uh, I found him on Instagram. How many guitars does he have? He's he has at least five. He has at least five guitars. Oh, here's some more. Maybe he's a maybe he's a bigger builder than we realize. No, he only has a hundred. He just says I built guitars as a hobby for cool kids and friends all over. So it kind of just seems like he's got parts this shape. Oh man, look at that. Ooh, that's classy. I'm going to have to pull some pictures from his Instagram. For so this. he says that this is his take on this particular one is his take on the Jaguar. Right. The Jaguar. <laughs> the Jaguar, as wrong people pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, I got to look this guy up. Those are attractive. Totally like a like a more modern shape, like a currently modern shape. I don't see. I don't think of this. Was as that a an eight string bass? Yeah. That you just went by. Wow. I don't think of that as a modern take. I don't. There's something about. I know why you're saying it, but it's like modern. I feel like it's modern in like the Gibson Corvus way of, of being modern, I where guess. it's like it's a familiar modern shape. There's something familiar about it, but it's also balanced against like what's happening now. Like I said, like I'm surprised this doesn't have fan frets and like a headless neck. Like if it had fan frets and no headstock and like an Evertune bridge, you'd be like, oh, this is a very 2020, 2021 guitar. Right. You know. It's just nice to see a guitar and not have to dog on it. It looks good. It's just nice to see a guitar. <laughs> it's just nice to see a guitar. Ryan, guys. 2021. <laughs> do you have anything else to say about it? No, man. I think it's great. Do we want to do the yeah, album review? What we want to do is talk about this guy. This oh, is, it's another sponsor. Like, I guess this isn't a guy. This young lady, this lady, maybe young, maybe old. We don't know. It's the L or Big Ear. This is the older one. It says Big Ear NYC. A newer one says Big Ear Pedals because they're the sponsor of the show. One mm -hmm. of them. Uh, the L is a reverb. It is reverb. I don't know why I'm like. I don't know why either. This way. We're still warming up this episode, guys. Next episode will be better. We have to get some coffee in between episodes. Well, I, the only coffee I have is that coffee liqueur, and we know what that does. It will not make you better at podcasting. But it won't make me worse. It will make him worse. <laughs> it will. It um, has made him worse historically in the past. Anyway, this is the L from Bigger Pedals. Here, let it's, me it's try. A nice little reverb. This is the L from Bigger Pedals. It's a fantastic always-on reverb. It's got this nice little bit of like a like a splashback sort of like springy thing going on, but it's also lightly modulated in a very modern and pleasing sort of way. Totally a fantastic always-on, very simple, easy to understand three-knob reverb. You should go check out some demos of. Just saying. There might be a few channels out there that have demos of these, and you could go listen to them. So, anyways, big thanks to Big Ear 
once again, supporting the show that you love. Head on over to BiggerPedals.com. Get on their mailing list. That's yeah. The, that's the best way to find out when they have stuff available. Uh, right now, I think they're sold out of most of their pedals, if not all of their pedals. Go tell Big Ear that you want them inside your inbox. That's right. He said without facial expression or even the slightest wink. <laughs> Album review, Steve. We haven't done one of these in a while. No, we haven't. Did you pick this or was this, uh, this submitted? Was, this was on the list. In the inner circle. Uh, on the inner circle. In the inner circle. On the in the inner circle, in our Patreon group, uh, it is Jeff Buckley's Grace. Yeah, I have never listened to a Jeff Buckley album in my life. Have you ever heard a Jeff Buckley song before? Of course, Steve. You cannot you've walk heard, down the road heard. without hearing Hallelujah. I've I've only I don't think I've ever list, heard his version of that song when I wasn't looking for it. But you're always looking for it. <laughs> Um, Steve only never, listens. Steve only listens to the Leonard Cohen version. I I usually I feel like I've mostly heard the Rufus Rufus Wainwright ah, version. The Rufus Wainwright. Let's be honest. I've only Every, heard, I've only watched is, Shrek. I only know this song because it's the song after All Star. <laughs> you need a song like this to cleanse your palate after All Star because <laughs> it's such a spicy song. <laughs> this is the song. After All Star, but before Smash Mouth's I'm a Believer. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had heard uh, one other song on this. Um, Which one? Last Goodbye. And it was it was one of those things where like, oh, that's him. I didn't I didn't realize it was the same guy. Like, I thought it was like a totally different band. So I feel like this uh, this album is one that I've heard about. I feel like a lot of people our age might have this album like in their top 10 albums of the mm. 90s or maybe their top 10 albums ever i don't know seems like an album that a lot of people are fans of though and i'd never heard it i've heard of jeff buckley i've actually heard like i said i've heard his version of hallelujah and i'm gonna put this out there i don't really like it <laughs> <laughs> I gonna, thought it was fine. I'm going to put this other thing out there with well, the album or the song, the song. Oh, I'm going to put this out there. It's the worst song on this album. Ooh. Wow. That's, that's, I, I think that's how you might, feel about it. huh? I think it might be the worst song on this album. What's I, the best song on the album? Um, any other song? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I, I get, I, there's elements of it where I go oh, I, where, that I think could be better. It doesn't really matter. You know, listen to what you want to listen to. Um, but I just kind of felt like um, I like the title track. I really like the title track, Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, man, they released a lot of singles off of this album. I, th- I thought it was, re- I thought the whole album was really interesting in a few ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a lot of influences going throughout, or maybe this album is the influence. I don't know. It's from like the early nineties, right? Like 1994, 1994. I'm hearing a lot of Radiohead in it. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of Soundgarden in it. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing Led Zeppelin in it. Interesting. And then throughout, those are like surface things that are mounted on top of, what I hear as like the true personality of Jeff Buckley, the musician, like I can hear the, I can hear the skeleton of him underneath 
like a bunch of window dressing. This is how I'm interpreting. Right. This is how I'm interpreting it. As I'm listening to this album, I'm hearing what sounds like Jeff Buckley with window dressing on top of him to make him more commercially viable in 1994. Interesting. Like, what do you think of that theory? I know nothing about Jeff Buckley. I've never listened to a Jeff Buckley album before today. And that's what I'm walking away with. Um, Well, Jeff Buckley is the son of tim buckley if that means anything he tim, was like he, tim buckley he was uh he, i've never heard of him i must i don't have you heard of him i've, I've never heard of tim okay. buckley timothy buckley <laughs> who's his dad's name uh tim buck actually i think Jeff tim Buckley's, buck i think <laughs> okay all right so if his actually, dad i think tim i think his uh, so this is oh well, hold on hold on hold on if his dad is named tim buck but mm-hmm. he happens to be a junior because there's a tim buck senior they are leaving so much money on the table by not calling him tim buck too so i'm gonna this is why i had to go look this up tim buckley was actually tim buckley the third which means what? There, which means there is a tim buckley two there's a tim buck two and a tim buck three he's tim buck three jeff was tim buck not tim buck he was jeff buck Right. No, not, once, not not to be confused with Jeff Beck. Once you hit Tim Buck 3, the joke is dead. You can't keep going anymore. But come on, Tim Buck 2? Son of Tim Buck 1? It writes itself. Um so I don't know um I don't know what else he's been on per se, I guess. Jeff Buckley, if you're listening to this, was your granddad ever Dude, called Tim gonna, Buck too? That's not going to work. And wait, is he, he dead? He, he died in 1997. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Jeff Buckley. I didn't mean to, <laughs> I didn't mean to bring up a sore spot. Um, he went for a swim. Ah, and did not come back. I told you guys, I don't know anything about Jeff Buckley and you didn't believe me. That's where we are now. That's what you get for not believing. So, so okay. So I don't know what his career is. Apparently, he was like a session, an LA session musician. His father was part of like the Laurel Canyon scene. Okay. Um, also, you know, obviously, also in LA. Um, like I said, this album came out in uh, nineteen ninety four. Um, I believe, yeah, nineteen ninety four. Uh, he started performing some of the songs off of this album before then um that's usually how i don't know because because pablo honey from radiohead came out in um 1993 Mm. i think this maybe this was just a i mean i guess creep came out in 1992 i could Um, see i could the the like the way it feels is just like okay there's some producer and he's like, Hey, we've got this Jeff Buckley guy. Dude can sing. Yeah. Like this guy can sing. He's got pipes. How are we going to make him commercially viable? Let's put some rock band stuff elements going on here. Hey, Jeff, listen to uh, listen to some Radiohead. Listen to the way Tom sings here. Can you do a little bit of that? And we're going to throw some Soundgarden guitar on top of this. Okay. So, okay. Did you watch any of the videos? Uh, No. Did you hear what I said five minutes ago? They didn't throw Soundgarden guitars on top of this. Jeff Buckley, that's him ripping on the guitar. Okay, sure. 
they're like, but the, like those, like I'm saying, like the producer was, or like maybe Jeff Buckley did it. Maybe he like, was intentionally, like, I'm, yeah, or that's yeah. what he was listening to. He's like, this is, I'm going to channel, I'm going to channel these very early mid nineties yeah. vibes into this music where to me, it didn't feel like you can hear his personality in his music and it feels like there's stuff thrown on top of it. I can kind of hear that. I think his voice is the kind I think his voice is the kind of voice that just like there's songs sticks out a little bit. There's songs on the back end of the album mm-hmm. that sound like him. That sound like, okay, that now you found your personality. Right, right. Like this is you being fully you. There's other songs booking it, book ending it mm-hmm. where it's like, it feels like you're trying to make something that'll fit the radio that day. Right, and I guess it, maybe it's a retrospective where I I don't know if it's him trying to fit the radio of that day or him just being a rock guy. Maybe in that moment, maybe where that's what a lot of bands sounded like. I I you know from uh I can I can both see what you're saying, but also it, I just thought it was interesting because I hear a lot of of uh, stuff that I think wouldn't come out. Basically, a lot of the people, again, our age, who I would say, like, would put this album maybe in their top 10, uh, would also be the same people who were making music 10 years later mm. that was, like, indie rock that definitely vibed off of this sound. Sure. And maybe that's because they were all just vibing off of Radiohead. I don't know. And maybe that's, maybe my critique of it is me hearing where that ended up, like, his vocal yeah. style like what I'm hearing as like what I'm what I'm interpreting as I cannot talk at all this episode. Did you say Interpre- interpreting? Interpreting. Interpreting as like, oh, that there's like the core of who this person is musically and there's things on top of it. Maybe that's just me coming to that conclusion because that portion of how he made music is the portion that influenced people that were fans of his. Right. I don't know. You tell me. It's kind of like the, you know, the snake eating its own tail kind of a thing, I feel like. It's just kind of hard to know. If you were a snake, too late. if you were a snake, would you eat your own tail? Is it made out of hot dogs? <laughs> so what do you yeah. think? Did you If I was a hot dog snake, you know I'd take did a you, nibble. Did you uh did you enjoy your listen through this album? I did enjoy it. I didn't hate it. I don't think I'll revisit it. It's not my style really. Um, I mean, if I was putting together a soundtrack for a nineties movie, mm-hmm. I might revisit it to uh, find some nuggets in there. Mm-hmm. If you were, uh, making Shrek five, maybe you'd take one of these songs and get it covered by smash mouth. <laughs> if I was making Shrek five, my life would be completely different right now. <laughs> so, had, there's a, there's a clip going around online. Because uh, originally uh, Chris Farley mm-hmm. was supposed to play Shrek. There's right. a clip going around of his uh, his voice mm-hmm. reading, his his voice acting for Shrek, like played over like the uh, the concept art for Shrek. Yeah, and as much fun as that sounds, I think Mike Myers was the better Shrek. Is it Chris Farley doing a voice or is it just Chris Farley doing himself? It's Chris Farley being himself. So he's not like, he's not over the top. It just kind of sounds 
maybe it just makes me sad because he's dead now. But it does. It doesn't sound like Shrek. I don't. No, I I know what you mean. I mean Chris Farley is such a he's. It sounds like it would have been a, a. It wouldn't have been the iconic cultural moment that it became. Right. It would have just been another kids movie. Right. If Chris Farley had whereas Shrek completed Shrek whereas Shrek was was a fat bastard for kids. Right. Like that was <laughs> no. The vo- that's the voice. No, Mike Myers only has like three voices. Yeah, and I know. that's one of them. And he yeah. does he does all of them in uh I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh really? He does every I haven't sing- seen that movie in so long. He does every single char- character voice he's ever done in that movie, and he doesn't have anywhere to go from there. Yeah, so basically you have Mike Myers' actual voice. Right. You have uh Wayne Campbell, which is really close to his actual voice. Right. You've got Scottish. You got Scottish and you got Austin Powers. And you've got Dr. Evil. Oh yeah, so and five, he does, five voices. He does all of those in How I Married an uh, I, I Married so, so an Axe Murderer. Yeah, so yeah. I Married an Axe Murderer. Interesting. I'll have to find that movie. I think it's I on some. It I think it's on Netflix or Amazon right now or something. I see, yeah, I see it pop up every now and then. Maybe Hulu. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> it, might, <laughs> it might be. It's on all these things that um, you have for sure. Yeah. So you got a. Uh, you got. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um I, I would I would definitely I listened to this album twice. You would listen to it twice. I listened to it in my car. I I've listened to it like two and a half times. Yeah, I did I'm one and done with it. All right. Yeah. I think I think everyone should go listen to it if you're curious at all. It won't hurt you. Yeah, I think it's worth a listen. It's worth a listen. Maybe you'll like it and maybe you won't. That could go for anything. <laughs> This last ad. Hold on, we gotta do some housekeeping. Oh, housekeeping. Don't you want money, Ryan? I want money. Before Steve. we before we do this last ad, we gotta get some money. Money? I love money. Uh this housekeeping is part of the show where we thank the people who are supporting us over at patreon.com slash sixty cycle humcast. Uh where for as little as one dollar a month, you can send Ryan to Summer Nam. <laughs> Uh, this week, uh, we'd like to welcome uh at the ten dollar level, that's the inner circle that gets you into our Facebook. Backstage, uh, Jeffrey uh, Lost Speak, Lots Lot Speak. You did it, Steve. That's always a tricky one. Perfect pronunciation. And at the seven dollar Canadian, which I think is a five dollar American level, Steve, DC ten thousand dollars American. We're rich now. It's not, uh, DC Miller. So thanks, uh, for your support again. Uh, everything you put into that, uh, just helps make this show happen, and uh, also. Um, when I get internet back and some actual free time away from my children, I will send out some packages to you guys. Yeah. Thoughts also, on, Ryan needs to order some p- picks. Thoughts and prayers for Steve's internet. Yeah, my internet's down, and Ryan needs to buy another set of Intune picks and have them shipped to my house. Okay, I'll do it. So, I gave you a couple bags a while back. Yeah, I usually ship out, I think, nine picks per person. Wow. So those bags do not last. Okay. I mean, I say they don't last long, but we ordered them like three years ago. So. I also still need to send out the shirts for the winners of oh, the Fender oh. giveaway. Thanks. Sorry, guys. I'll send out two shirts. Oh, yeah. I need to, each to of give, you. I need to give you that list, huh? That's why I haven't done oh, it. Oh, yeah. Steve, Steve I hasn't given me the list yet. I gave you the list before. You just lost it. <laughs> it's both of our faults. You're going to get two shirts, guys. I promise you. <laughs> All right. This last ad was sent by Emily Harris. Emily Harris. It is for the one percentar. <laughs> I like I like this. Uh, Seriotone Centura Professional Overdrive Rare Bernie Sanders Edition. 
Only about 20 made the one percentile. Other than the cosmetic differences, it's a normal Serotone Centura. Comes with all original box packaging, papers, adapter, and rubber feet. Let me know if you have any questions. Feel the burn. They want $600 for this. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't feel like any Bernie Sanders joke is worth $600. <laughs> like if I was Bernie Sanders, yeah, I wouldn't pay $600 for this. And, it, it, you know, in that scenario, it would be a picture of me. And I'd be like, nah, I'm fine. What do you think? But Steve? you're not Bernie Sanders. Do you think there's any? Uh, you think I there's want, any Bernie boys out there that are know, itching to buy this for six hundred? I think there's some people who will buy this because it's a. It's. I think it's a funny joke. Um, the people that want this are waiting for the government to buy it for them. Oh, <laughs> socialism, right, the guys? Pe- the people who want this think everybody should have one. <laughs> I don't want it unless everyone can have it. That's what they say to themselves. How much is the, do you know how much the uh, Centura, Centura professional normally is? I don't, but I assumed it would be in the two hundreds. Yeah. I don't, I don't know a lot about this one. I don't know either. It's a, it's a, it's a clone clone. It's a clone clone. Yeah. Seriotone Centura. Review Serotone Centura Overdrive from Serotone.com. They make pedals out of another country. Uh, they make them out of a country? Yeah. Well, I guess that's technically true. They're using materials. These are on, There's only one of these on Reverb, the gold version, and it, they were asking $415. Whoa. So I don't know what these are new. Um, maybe that's... Um, you get some, that upcharge... If you want that burn on it, I guess if you if when they're in stock they're two sixty. So when they're in stock they're like the same price as the KTR, which is the official Klon uh, product. Yeah, uh, but two- you get that that Klon style case with the uh, yeah Seriotone. and this one has the as a line drawing of the iconic Bernie Sanders sitting in a folding chair, wearing his mittens. Image that captured all our hearts and imaginations. Yeah. Months and months ago, six yeah. months ago. And, and that's the other thing is this is $600 for like a meme joke. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta really love. If I, I was going to have a meme on a $600 pedal, it'd be ceiling cat watching me masturbate. <laughs> Jeez, man. <laughs> this is a blue episode, guys. That's a big yikes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, uh, there's a it's an older meme, sir, but it checks out. Yeah, I do like that. Instead of having a gain knob, this has a burn knob. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, you know, no no gain here. You're gonna get those gains. I wish they had taxed down. Done some more jokes with the knobs, like the output could have been redistribute <laughs> or something like that. I don't know what to do for the tone. The for the oh, treble for knob. Uh, that's more highs, right? So. I don't know. Some what's a good Vermont joke? Something about getting high, maybe. For for treble, it would just say legal weed. <laughs> just say be burned. It'd say legalize it. it so you got be, burn, burn, legalize bro. it, and then redistribute. Yeah, there we go. The one percentar. The one percentar. It's a fun. It, you I know, six hundred dollars basically only, and only twenty of them on the market. You've got to be a musical one percentar to, to <laughs> go after this, right? 
you can't argue with the high quality pun in the name. They nailed down the name. Yeah. It's no Tim Buck three, but it's pretty good. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Steve cannot handle this episode anymore. Can you lay the song on us, man? We still got to do one more episode tonight. Are we going to survive? No. Will we survive the evening? Probably not. This song was sent by JJ. He says, hello, guys. Long time lurker. First time contactor, etc. Heard in your podcast today that you are out of songs. We have some songs now, but you guys can always send more. Uh, have a go at this one. This is Underwear by my band Sex on Toast. It's a bit cheeky. In terms of guitars, I played a Hagstrom Swede Tremor. Of which I managed to drop and spectacularly crack the head socks. Thankfully, a simpler repair and still sounds great to me anyway. I am playing into my PC for my very retro boss GT6. Man, very retro boss GT6? Feel old yet? I know, man. I remember wanting one of those back in the day. Using the MS Crunch setting, so Marshall-type Brit sound. Hackstrom pickups are quite hot, hence the sound. If you're into Rape My Rig, have a listen to my ridiculous git. Gibson collection. My first guitar was and still is a 1975 Gibson Marauder, which was all I could afford at the time. I have a 99 SG standard and some of those weird super strats. Oh, the, uh, he says one of some of those weird super strats you mentioned on the podcast, a red M three standard from 92 and a rare M three all American from 96. Those are fun. He has a, uh, M three Les Paul studio light, a Gibson pickup demonstrator guitar from 2000. One of the ones where you can swap out the pickups and a Les Paul BFG. You remember those BFGs? Big effing guitar? The big effing guitar. The Les Paul big effing guitar. I don't remember the BFGs. It's the one that has a humbucker and a P90 and there's like no any, uh, there's like no finish on it. Oh yeah. It's like a real rough finish. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. Wait, is this main skin? It sounds a little Italian. the organ I went on the side to set this world alight I saw you there splendid in your underwear to warm the glare and warm the bride one chance to make you right I went on the side to spin this world just right I saw you there a vision in your long long hair a shimmy left a snifty right trying
Hey, Steve. Yeah? What are you eating under there? Underwear! Oh, fun song! Yeah, that was fun. I liked it. Bye, everybody. See ya. Stay grounded.